0: Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, November 17th, 2023. I almost said Wednesday. We don't do those episodes. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm here with Luke as per usual. Um, Quite a few things going on in sports. In the NFL, Deshaun Watson is out for the season. We got that news earlier this week. But it looks like Justin Jefferson might be making his return this week. Not too sure he was limited in practice. And then over in the MLB, of course it's the off season, but there's always news going on. The MVP gets announced tonight. At the moment, I'm 6-for-6 six six on my MLB awards predictions. I'm very proud of that thus far. Um, nice. And as long as Shohei and Acuna uh, take it home tonight, then uh, I'll be 8-for-8 eight eight on all of my awards. Um, let's see what else. Today it came out that uh, the All-Star Game in 2025 is coming to Atlanta. Once again, it's right after an election year, so uh, we better not mess that up again. Um, yeah. And then we also got the news that the MLB owners unanimously voted in favor of the Athletics move to Las Vegas. And then um, in soccer, an international break. Um, what a what a boring thing! <laughs> like no, nobody wants to watch like Euro qualifiers right now. Nah. Not at nobody. all. Nobody. But we have a very, very fun episode ahead of us. Of course, our NFL preview for week 11. But on top of that, we're going through our all MLB first team. So they released all the nominees. You can go out there and vote right now. And um, we'll be going through that, giving everybody our personal opinions. And then we're going to talk about, this is a great idea by Luke, our January transfer window wish list for our team. So Luke will be going through his Chelsea transfer window wish list. I'll be going through my Newcastle one and just talk about some things we need to address, some uh some players we want to go out and get. And then of course we'll be rounding it out with a good old questions time. Luke, how are we feeling? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. I would say that I get a week off, but I have a project due on Monday and discussion posts due on Tuesday, despite my school having the full week off. Um, And then, of course, working on Black Friday. Never fun. (laughs) (laughs)
1: No, it's not. No, it is not. But that's um, we live for those days, man.
0: Yeah. And next week, because of Thanksgiving, we won't be recording on Thursday. We'll be recording on Wednesday. Episode will still come out on Friday, so all you people that uh, have to go to work on Black Friday, feel free. Toss in the AirPods, toss in the headphones, listen to the podcast on Black Friday while you're at work. But yes. without further ado, let's get into NFL Week 11. Luke, this is going to be a pretty solid week, I think. There, you know, We're starting to see a decent division between a lot of the teams, but... It's very close in the middle, and the middle is where we're seeing a lot of playoff teams right now. So we'll start off with this game here, 1 o'clock. We've got Steelers versus Browns, your boys. And this one is one for the defense lovers. These are two teams that's defense have been fantastic. And yeah, now I'm we get a- the news that Deshaun Watson's out for the season. Uh, Kenny Pickett exists. So obviously there will be no offense in this game but the defenses are there.
1: Yeah, of course, but um, I think the the main thing for me going into this one as a Steelers fan is, like, one, we just continue to keep winning. Uh, we're, we're one of the few teams that actually have, like, a win streak right now. I think it's, like, a lot of teams have won last week. Um, a couple teams have won two weeks in a row, and then the Vikings have won five in a row, which has been absolutely insane to see how they've yeah. turned it around. But anyway... Steelers Browns. Uh, the main thing for me in this one is going to be the fact that Deshaun Watson is out, obviously, as you highlighted, and they're not going with P.J. Walker in this game. They're going to go with the rookie that they drafted, um, and Mike Tomlin loves playing against rookie quarterbacks.
0: That's true. They just keep feeding you guys rookie quarterbacks this year.
1: <laughs> they really do. <laughs> it's um, kind of crazy. So I, I'm 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 hoping that um, in this Steelers Browns game, we're going to end this guy's career uh, very early. And uh, not by hurting him or anything like that. Just we're going to we're going to make sure that everybody knows what kind of player he is. And I'm knocking on wood because, uh, wow, what a story it would be if this guy beats the Steelers, (laughs) especially both teams being six and three. Uh, This is a really important second game between these two teams. Um, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it big time. Uh, Jalen Warren is new RB1. I don't know if uh, that news reached uh, really like many people. But, yeah, Najee. Is uh, RB two, which it doesn't even matter because they both get an equal amount of touches. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was a big deal, you know. They we, we went for Najee pretty pretty early in the draft. He was a big investment, and just uh, I, I hate to see the regression on the depth chart, even though it's not going to be much of a regression. But um, I'm taking my boys in this one, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, it, it's hard to it's hard to say Cleveland's going to win with DTR at quarterback. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Steelers. Um as long as you guys can run the ball. And you said you talked about this change at running back, but I still think you guys can do it. Like Jalen Warren's good. Like you said, it's gonna be a pretty split carries anyways. Um Yep. I'm gonna take the Steelers seventeen fourteen.
1: I like that score. Um I, I don't know. It seems like low twenties has been a good number for us. Um we're not going to score only touchdowns, so I don't think it's gonna be like a twenty-one score. Um I, I'm gonna go with how much we put up or how many we put up last week. I'm gonna go twenty-three seventeen Steelers.
0: Okay. Let's get into the next game though. Bears Lions. And it looks like Justin Fields is back. A full practice, no limitations on Wednesday. And the problem is I just can't pick against the Lions. Like I know they had the game against the Ravens and, and what have it. Last week was absurd. That game was insane to watch. But if they run the ball against the Bears like they did against the Chargers, the Bears have no chance at even staying in this game for more than a quarter.
1: <laughs> no, um, it just. I mean, I mean, who would have thought that that pairing of David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs was going to be so good? Um, I, I just, I don't think a lot of people really knew what they were getting with David Montgomery. You know, only playing for a Packers team that's not really good at running the ball or or wasn't whenever he was there, and then a Bears team that just couldn't do shit at all. Um, He looks fantastic in this Detroit offense, and there's no way that either of them should be the starter, in my opinion. I I don't think you can really – you can't make a case, is what I'm trying to say, for one person to be the starter uh, of this Lions running back core because they're both – they complement each other so freaking well.
0: Yeah, and like they both can just break off a super long run and they both have the speed. Typically, we talk about like the dynamic of like the shifty, big play running back and like the strong, you know, hard nose running back. Both of these guys do it all very well. Jameer, maybe not as much if you're just looking for two yards, but David Montgomery is a perfect, you know, combination of of all the good aspects of your two running backs in your system and then Jameer Gibbs just is as explosive as it gets and he's a pretty big asset when it comes to receiving game as well so yeah I think I think that tandem is fantastic and it's going to be a big part of why they kick the hell out of the Bears
1: yeah and I mean on the Bears side like I mean maybe you could make a case that they're catching some wind lately like they you know, they're, they're finding ways to win with Tyson Badgett at quarterback. Of course, their last game against the Panthers was, like, absolutely brutal to watch. Yeah. I watched the second half of that game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the Lions, even with this being a division rivalry, and, you know, we both know sometimes those games can get funky, there's no way that the Bears, like you said, will be in this game for more than a quarter, I think, especially if they have Amon Ross-St. Brown getting 156 yards again, too. So, yeah, the Bears might be going into this one pretty fucked with Justin Herbert or not
0: yeah speaking of Thursday night or football yeah just right. I think I, I'm pretty sure he's back but um speaking of Thursday Night football last week I am so proud of myself for first of all not watching that game and second of all <laughs> I didn't even know what happened in that game at all until probably like 3 p.m the next day <laughs> and I was like beyond excited that I was able to do that I needed to show off the self-control yeah. that I didn't need to know what happened in that game.
1: <laughs> it got pretty interesting at the end, but um, and there was a punt return touchdown. But other than that, yeah. I mean, nobody watched this game. Nobody yeah. should have
0: watched this game. Yeah. Uh, this, today's, though, might be good. We'll talk about it later after we go through the whole slate. We'll talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. But let's get into the next game. Or Oh, score predictions. predictions. Uh, Lions- yeah. Lions 31, Bears 14.
1: I think they're going to hold them under 30 just because it's a division rivalry game. Um, I'm going to go Chicago 10, Detroit 24.
0: Okay, let's get into Chargers-Packers. And this one just seems weird because, like, the Chargers defense sucks, but the Packers offense might make them look good. (laughs) Like, the Chargers have dominated... all the teams with bad offenses that they've played. They've held three opponents to seventeen points or less this season, and it's the Raiders, the Bears, and the Jets. And I think the Packers fall right in line.
1: <laughs> they they sure do. And I, I mean even the um even the Steelers game was very telling. You know, like the, if, if the yeah. Steelers can get a first quarter touchdown against your team, you you might be not making the playoffs, is kind of what it seems like. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, th- this Chargers team—I I think the Chargers, you know, despite being four and five and kind of like, I guess, like a mid-tier team with not really the best defense out there, th- this is a game where they—I feel like they perfectly stack up against the Packers to absolutely run up the score against them.
0: Yeah, I—I I yeah. think it's going to be an interesting game. I-, I think the Chargers have a unique opportunity to just beat the living shit out of the Packers. And it's just a matter of if they will or if they won't. Because, like, last week was a grind, and you still lost, only because you didn't have the ball last. That's really the only reason they lost that game. But this game's going to be so easy for them. It feels like. (laughs) It feels like. Like, the Packers' defense has not been that good. Um, It definitely should be better. Than what it is, but they're giving up like twenty plus every week, just about. And I just in like even in the games that they haven't given up twenty plus, they've only won one of them. So I, I have a feeling the Chargers will be fine. Uh I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking like twenty twenty seven to
1: ten. Chargers. that's a good score. I, I don't know. I think The the one stat that I'm looking at here that kind of maybe goes into the favor of the Packers is the Packers have a good running back duo, like the Lions have a good running back duo. And and the Lions just came off of a 200-yard rushing game against them with uh, Montgomery and Gibbs. And, I mean, you know, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones have kind of been meh this season, but who knows? I mean, I'm just trying to, I guess, make a case of, you know, a shot in the dark here for the Packers, but they're going to get murdered, um, like, really bad. I'm going to go 31-10, Chargers.
0: Okay. Let's get into the next one, though. Raiders-Dolphins. And this just seems like a sure win for the Dolphins. Bad team, bad offense, and then the Dolphins are just going to drown them in points.
1: <laughs> drown them in the ocean. No yes. pun intended. Um, that was actually definitely pun intended. But, hey, I mean, you know, th- this Raiders team is, you know, two wins in a row, which has yeah. been pretty impressive. I, I like how um, I like how they've, you know – really just uh convened around their uh Antonio Pierce their new head coach because uh man they were looking down bad <laughs> a, oh, a lot yeah. of really good players were looking down bad on this team um and they're catching Miami you know after a loss but uh, like you said I definitely think it's a sure win for the dolphins um despite their loss to the chiefs last week
0: yeah uh, luckily the raiders aren't above 500 so the dolphins are allowed to beat them um, yeah. <laughs> but like looking at Miami, like health wise, they're kind of banged up coming off of this bye week. Like Wednesday, Durham Smythe, Alec Ingold, Robert Hunt, and Robert Jones all didn't practice. Those are all starters on this team. And then Teron Armstead, Raheem Mostert, and Devin A. Chain, who Devin A. Chain's coming back from the IR, but they were all limited in practice. Luckily, Jalen Phillips and Jalen Waddle were full participants, but. Those are some very important guys on this team and maybe that hurts them a little bit, maybe it doesn't, but like the Raiders are a feisty team. I think the Raiders could keep it pretty close. Um, but I think the Dolphins ultimately win. I'm going to take the Dolphins uh 20 Yeah, Dolphins 27, Raiders 24.
1: I'm going to go 28-24 Dolphins.
0: Okay. Let's get into a division matchup an NFC Beast matchup Giants Commanders and the last time around this game was horrible. It's going to be worse this time.
1: 100%. You think
0: so? Dude Tommy DeVito is playing quarterback in this game. It's going to be worse. Hopefully the it's Commanders Yeah, hopefully the Commanders just take care of business real quick and we can just all agree not to watch the second half of this game.
1: Did you see the stat that the uh, the Cowboys have scored twelve touchdowns against the Giants, and the Giants have scored twelve touchdowns all season long? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's one of those seasons for the Giants, and I I just I love bringing it up on the podcast because it's just I I think it's hilarious how wrong I was about the Giants. Like, both
0: of us were very wrong about this.
1: Yeah, like this is I, I would never have imagined a two and eight team coming off of a you know a pretty promising season last year, but um. Yeah, I, I think, uh, like you said, it's going to be worse this time, but I feel like the commanders are going to kill. It's going to be bad because the commanders are going to score so many points. Yeah, Um, I, I don't think it's going to be like a 14 to 7 like it was last time. Um, Yeah, I mean, th- this commanders team, they just <laughs> it, it seems like the games they're losing are close and high scoring and the games that they're winning are close and high scoring. So I really, I don't know what to think. It's almost like the commanders haven't played anybody. That's like a lot worse than them all season long. Yeah. Um, it, it's very weird. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm going to take the commanders in this one. I'm going to go 24 to three.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 24, 10. I'll give them a touchdown. Um, like, like, who would have thought the commanders would be a nine point favorite over the Giants at this point in the year? It's crazy. Uh, let's get into uh, probably a worse game, you know, speaking like talking about both teams being uh, competitive Cowboys Panthers. This one might get real ugly real quick, too. Cause like Cowboys Giants last week was ugly. This one just feels like it might be worse.
1: Is there any chance that the Cowboys can lose this game?
0: I don't think so. I think Dak would have to get like his legs blown off of his body. <laughs> like the, you the know, Panthers he, been
1: playing really well. The,
0: the problem is is like the Cowboys could have one of their worst offensive games of the season and still win cuz the Panthers have only put up more than 13 points 5 times this season. And more than 23 times. And, like, the Cowboys, what, their worst game of the year was 16 points against the Cardinals? Or, no, 10 points against the 49ers. First of all, they're putting up more than 10 on the Panthers. Uh, They're putting up more than 16 on the Panthers. Um, I'm confident they'll be over 20 um, because that's how much (laughs) they put up on the Chargers. Like, it's it's pretty obvious they're going to win this game by quite a few points. Um, Like, Bryce Young. What is he going to do when Micah Parsons is in his face every play?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like,
0: he's either going to fall it to the ground going. or uh, he's going to throw the ball to Stefan Gilmore or DeRon Bland. Um, yeah, I got a feeling this one isn't <laughs> going to go too well. Uh, I'm going to go Cowboys... Oh, Cowboys 34... Yeah, Cowboys 34, Panthers 7.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with a super similar score. I'm going to go Cowboys 31, Panthers 9. All right.
0: Uh, a couple more games in the 1 o'clock slate. Titans-Jaguars, the 3 and six, zero and 5 on the road Titans um, against <laughs> the Jaguars, who are coming off of a loss following their big win streak. Is it wrong to think that the Jaguars might not bounce back from last week as well as some would think?
1: Uh, yeah, no, I know. I've been hearing that everybody thinks that they are. But, um, yeah, 34-3, to 3, it, with, with a team that's, you know, your record and a team that's coming off of, um, you know, three losses in a row and, and bounces back like that, like it, it almost was yeah. like, like the 49ers were never gone to begin with. Yeah. Um. You would have expected, maybe even the Jaguars to win this game. And, you know, with the Forty ers with their form coming into this one, and you know how good the Jaguars are. It, this was—I I like how you're putting it. It was a more than brutal loss to take mm-hmm. if you're a Jaguars fan. Um, and you know, then you got a division rival with a new quarterback that you know, granted, ha- has kind of he had a great game against the Steelers in my opinion but he did not look way you know hot at all against the Buccaneers. Yeah. I think the Titans you know they could be catching a Jaguars team at a very good time right here.
0: Yeah. The 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 hardest part about saying that the the Titans can win is it would be their first win on the road this season.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's the big <laughs> hang up. Um I think I still got to stick with the Jags but it's they're not going to have like a great game. Um, I'm going to go Jaguars 21, Titans 17.
1: I like that score. Um, I'm going to go – you know what? I, I'm taking the upset, Grayson. I'm going to do it. Titans okay. 21, Jags 20.
0: Okay. Uh, our last game of the 1 o'clock slate, Cardinals-Texans. And, look, I don't know – How I feel about the Cardinals right now. Obviously, I'm pissed (laughs) off at them from last week, but like if I were to attempt to truly figure out how I felt about the Cardinals, it would probably cause me to have like an existential crisis. It's like, (laughs) are they a good team? Are they a good team with Kyler? Is Kyler a good player? Are the Falcons just not good? Do the Cardinals not want a top three pick? Do they want a top three pick? I don't know what the deal is in Arizona. All I know is that the Texans have the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Wow. CJ Stroud is fucking unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I I watched this uh, texans Bengals game um, while I was watching the Steelers game, actually. Um, Yeah, it's just crazy what they look like now with a good run game. Um, yeah. If Devin Singletary can do even half of that every game, which is better than Damon Pierce, they're going to win most of the rest of their games, probably. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a hard team to stop. Um, I, I know that you know we both kind of criticized their defense this year, the Texans, but honestly, for what they did against the Bengals in certain situations, they looked pretty good, in my opinion, Um and honestly, you know, if C.J. Stroud doesn't fumble the ball twice and throw his second pick of the season in Week 9, um, they probably kill this Bengals team yeah. in this game. It, it probably looks a lot worse. And I, I liked how you put it last week, uh, going back to uh, the Cardinals and Falcons game, where the the Falcons just haven't really had the chance to prepare for a lot of the quarterbacks that they've been playing against, like Will Levis Kyler Murray and even to add to that, James Connor came back and played this game, and he had a pretty good game coming off of injury. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe we can kind of asterisk this win for the Cardinals, but I, I, Kyler looked okay. Uh, you know, his scrambling ability is always going to be there. Uh, Trey McBride had the best game of all time. Uh, for any tight end, it seemed like. Um, but the Texans are going to win. But this is going to be interesting to see how the Cardinals play them.
0: Yeah, like. I think, you know, prior to Kyler coming back and prior to the Cardinals winning that game last week, I probably would have said like the Texans would have been favored by seven and a half with the way they've been playing. With Kyler coming back and how that team and James Conner coming back, how they've looked, they're now a four and a half point underdog, which I think seems fair to the Texans. They've been great, but. The fact that the Cardinals are up there and the fact that the over-under is set at 48.5, so they're definitely not scared to say that the Cardinals can put up points. Yeah, I think the Texans win. I just think it's like the Cardinals are going to put on another good offensive showing.
1: Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I don't know how I feel about that over-under, though. I, I'm going under. If I'm betting, I'm going under on that game. I don't know,
0: man. It just takes one – like, think about it. If the Texans win 28-24, it's an over. Yeah. So, and and that's actually kind of how I see it going, or at least pretty close to that. Um, I'm going to go – actually, I'm still going to get an over, but uh, I'm going to go 28-21 Texans.
1: I'm gonna go twenty eight seventeen, Texans. I, I wanna see a couple more games before I start putting, you know, Kyler getting past twenty points, I think, with that offense.
0: Fair enough. You already did it once though. Um, all right. The uh <laughs> What? He did. He did it last week. One one time. One time. Yeah. You said you gotta it's wait a Falcons. couple of weeks before you start saying he's gonna do it. And don't say it's the Falcons.
1: What the fuck? I will say, yeah, yeah. Y'all do have like y'all are like top five in like most defensive stats, so I mean that's fair. But yeah, um, I want to see if he can do it consistently. Fair How about that.
0: Okay, well, let's yeah, get into the next I mean. matchup: <laughs> Buccaneers forty ers We get into the four o'clock slate, and um, the forty ers are so back, dude. They're so back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not even considering Tampa having a chance in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't even need McCaffrey to, you know, keep scoring touchdowns.
0: Yeah, his streak came to an end, and they're still favored by eleven did. and a half against the Buccaneers, who haven't been bad this season.
1: No, um, definitely taking a turn uh, for the worst, though, for them. Uh, I-, I thought that they were going to finish much, much better, but yeah. you know, sitting at four and five, yeah. it's not really looking like that.
0: Um, well, they could still win this division. The Saints are in first place right now at five and five.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that is true. Um, damn, it, I don't I, I don't know how to feel about this game either. You know, we have really two good defenses going up against each other here. But but if Brock Purdy, you know, throws three touchdowns and no picks again, it's going to be hard. I, yeah. I don't know if the Buccaneers' offense is going to be able to keep up with that. Um, and you know, see, uh, Christian McCaffrey still had a good game. If he gets a touchdown, then you know. We're, we're really looking at a bad game, I think, for the Buccaneers. Um, if we're, you know, kind of going off of how they played last week. Yeah. Um, but on the Buccaneers side, I, I think, you know, you've definitely found your running back one in Rashad White. He looks great. Um, not really great against the Titans, but he still is very, very good in the receiving game, so he kind of offsets it there. Um. Yeah, I mean I mean Mike Evans is still good. I mean, do you think the Buccaneers have a chance to win this game? No, not at all. Look, the thing is is that like the Buccaneers are
0: going to score somewhere from like 17 to 23 points, most likely. Um I just am so confident that the 49ers can put up more than that. Yeah. Like that's that's what it comes bad. down to. It's like the 49ers defense is fantastic that to the point where like Rashad White's going to have an issue running the ball and Baker's going to have an issue throwing the ball. Like there I I don't see the Buccaneers getting more than 17 points max against them based on how the 49ers played last week. And yeah. I just I think the offense is just consistent enough. If Purdy stays like he did last week and like he did before that three-game skid, he'll be fine. McCaffrey's fine. It's not like he had a bad game last week. He just didn't find the end zone. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the 49ers walk pretty easily. Um, I'm going to go 49ers 27, Buccaneers 14.
1: I'm going to go 49ers 31, Buccaneers 16. Okay. Um, Yeah, next game, Jets-Bills.
0: This one's weird. Ooh. It's like... I've never. First of all, let's let's do the uh, whole from the perspective of myself before the season started. This would be a fantastic matchup to watch.
1: Yes, it would. (laughs) This
0: is a absolute mid off, dude. Like this is just (laughs) so bad, and it's like interestingly a must win for both teams.
1: Yeah, they're like, they're both, you know, right there at 500. Yeah, and, and
0: like the Bills need to bounce back from last week and they got to put some some wins together just really for confidence. Like you just fired your offensive coordinator. You just lost the heartbreaker because you put too many guys on the field on a on a hurried-up field goal attempt to win the game. <laughs> and like your whole team is in disarray and then the Jets need to capitalize on some of the teams that are in bad positions and hopefully get to a point where when Rodgers comes back he can lead them to a playoff spot cuz like when you look at the Jets schedule it's not it's not simple but like they can get you know five wins out of it and be a over 500 team that's not impossible like okay if they can beat the Bills this week we'll say they lose to the Dolphins probably pretty handedly the week after. I think they can beat the Falcons, so that's two wins if they beat the Bills this week. The Texans probably beat them. But then the next week is about where it looks like Rodgers could be coming back, and they play the Dolphins again. If they can beat the Dolphins there, they can beat the Commanders, they can beat the Browns, they can beat the Patriots. Yeah. Like, they could be in a very right. good spot to where, like, They only lose two to three games after this. If they win this Bills game, and it puts them in a great spot. If they lose this game, they're now four and six, and essentially you can only lose two more games for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So it's definitely crunch time for them. But this also is the Jets team that um, couldn't beat the Raiders. Yeah, with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that game sucked. Yeah, yeah it did suck. Uh, th- this, I-, I don't even know how to feel about this Jets team anymore, man. Like, this this poor defense, this poor defense. And then they're taking on the Bills, who are, like, just getting shit on. it. Like, it, it, all of my feed is just shitting on the Bills right now for how yeah. they lost on Monday. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, they have a lot of questions to be asked, too. Like, uh, now people are wondering if Josh Allen is sorry. Like, I'm seeing ESPN debates like on First Take of like yeah. you know he's had so many turnovers. He's led the league in turnovers since like 2018 or something crazy like that or maybe it was interceptions. But um yeah, a lot of people are starting to question Josh Allen's ability, which I, yeah. I don't know if fair or not. For him, I, I, don't I, I, know. I don't know how to feel about that.
0: It's weird because like you can point to a lot of things with Josh Allen and be like, "Well, that's why he was good." he had a great connection with Brian Dable as the offensive coordinator. And then we did see a little bit of a decline last year and obviously one into this year. But the thing is like, he's always thrown picks. Like he's never just going to not throw picks. He's a, he's a good football player and he has to take chances. Sometimes they don't pay off. That happens to everybody. But like, it just seems like something was different this year. Like it was, way worse than what we are used to with Josh Allen. We thought things were trending in the right direction. I think we already knew Ken Dorsey wasn't the best offensive coordinator. But, like, things were working out for Buffalo as a whole. Like, you know, it's not just Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. You have other guys to throw to on this team, like Dalton Kincaid and um, totally blanking on the their their other tight ends name.
1: Uh, Dawson Knox. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Dawson Knox. Um, and then, (laughs) like, James Cook is starting to look great, but last week he fumbles for the first time since his first NFL carry, and you benched him. Like, the, the game management by just the whole coaching staff was brutal. That's probably why Ken Dorsey got fired, but when it comes to Josh Allen's case, it's like, I don't think we can point the finger at him too much without understanding that He's not like significantly worse than he has, you know, like his rookie year and his second year in the league when he wasn't that good. But he's not he's not playing at the elite level that we're used to and that pisses people off and just makes them turn on him and that's what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um dude, did you see the play where James Cook fumbled and then picked it right back up yeah. in his stride and carried it like that that was ridiculous. That's cool. <laughs> Big, big James Cook guy over here, Um, and I hated that they benched him uh, the way that they did. But, um, yeah, Bill's Jets, it's a rival game. Uh, Both of these teams are coming off of just horrible losses. Um, And honestly, you know, looking at Josh Allen's stats against the Broncos, the Broncos are a good defense, but he, you know, didn't really look that great. Under 200 yards passing, uh, more picks than touchdowns. None of his receivers really went off for him. You know, Stephon was kept in check. Dalton Kincaid was really the only guy that had like a pretty good game. Um I think this is gonna be one of those core predictions where it's gonna be what I want to happen. <laughs> I, I think uh I think the Jets are gonna take this one. Uh oh, I don't know. I don't know because No, no, it's gonna be the it's gonna be the Bills. It's gonna be the Bills. Twenty-four 24- Twenty-four
0: thirteen bills. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, twenty-one seventeen bills. I don't. I don't even know if I want to go that high for the bills. Just because. Yeah, new that's OC. where I was. Uh, I'll I'll go twenty-one seventeen bills. Nice. All right. Our next game or second to last, or third to last? Yeah, third to last game. Uh, Seahawks versus Rams. And I don't know why, but I'm kind of starting to turn on both of these teams. (laughs) Why is that? I don't know. Like, Seattle isn't great, I guess. Like, the last two games have kind of thrown me for a loop with them. Because, like, obviously they got dominated by the Ravens. But last week against the Commanders was so weird. Like, that game was just all over the place, and they were at home. Like, they probably should have won, which they did. They probably should have won by more. Like, the Commanders weren't fantastic in that game. So, I, I don't know what it is about the Seahawks that I'm just not liking, but there's obvious things to not like about this Rams team. Considering we've watched a couple of weeks without Matt Stafford, pretty sure he's coming back, Um, hopefully, this week. And um, that'll help him out. But, like, Puka has slowed down quite a bit, especially in the absence of, of Matthew Stafford. And Cooper Cup in the games, even with Stafford, hasn't been fantastic. Um no. You know, they still don't have their running backs. It's just a hard team to watch right now. Considering we're so high on them, despite their record early in the season, now they're at three and six, and it looks unattainable. I think you know the Seahawks probably going to win this game, um, but I don't think it's going to be like a great game to watch.
1: No, I don't think so either, man. the The Rams were we were so high on the Rams a couple weeks ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> the the Puka Nakua train, we were on it, and we were we were ready to ride, baby. But it's um. I actually, it baffles me like how shit all of their wide receiver stats have looked yeah. since, you know, Matthew Stafford getting hurt and, and Cooper Cupman, man. I don't even know what to say about him. I, I, I could never have imagined him, you know, consistently putting up stats like how he has been because it has not been very good at all. Yeah. Um, and on the Seahawks side, you know, Geno has just been so back and forth. Um, He looked really great against the commanders. Didn't look great at all against the Ravens, which obviously two very different teams there, but, um, Mm -hmm. and then even their run game, Kenneth Walker has really just taken a step back. Um, He was much better, in my opinion, his rookie year. He was also getting more Um, usage. He definitely was getting the ball more. um, And they just have not been going that route. Hence why Geno Smith is throwing 47 times. And, And even if you look at DK Metcalf, like, is it fair to say that Tyler Lockett's been their best wide receiver this season?
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely been the most consistent.
1: Yes, and, and then you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who you drafted in the first round, who just recently started playing well. Yeah. It, it's just been, um, it, it's been a strange season for Seattle, but I think they're going to take it against the Rams. Um, like you said, not going to be a fun game to watch. I'm going to go um, 17-6, to Seattle.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm going to go uh, 24 to 10, Seattle. Um, I just I don't trust Stafford coming back from this injury. No, um,
1: no, I don't either.
0: All right, Sunday night football. Vikings versus Broncos. I like this game. I do. Me too. It might be the most Me intriguing too. matchup of the week.
1: It's going to be interesting to see how these fare. Both these teams are hot right now.
0: Yeah, like we're, we're getting the return, most likely, of Justin Jefferson. Um, but overall, like the Vikings are a little banged up. Like Madison uh, still hasn't cleared concussion protocol. Not that they were going to use him in an effective manner um, at all. <laughs> um, and then you have obviously um, Justin Jefferson, but also TJ Hawkinson were limited. On uh, practice on Wednesday, and then Dobbs was a full participant, but he's having some ankle ankle issues. So the Vikings are a little banged up coming into this, and I think it really helps the chances of the Broncos, um, who look despite the struggles. Russell Wilson, yeah, maybe doesn't throw for a ton of yards, but 18 touchdowns to four interceptions. Like the guy's already got more touchdowns this season, like so far this season, than he had all last year. That's big, yeah. And the fact that he's only good. thrown four interceptions means like he's not playing that bad. I know he's not getting yards, mm-hmm. but he's finding guys in the end zone. He's allowing Javante Williams and the rest of that running like running back crew to just get them down the field. Like last week. Russell didn't have to have a lot of yards and neither did the running backs because Josh Allen was either throwing a pick or they were like punting out of their end zone every time. And the Broncos just started their drive at the 50 yard line every single time. And they would just like move up 15 yards and kick a field goal. (laughs) So like they didn't have to do that much and it still got them a win against a team that nobody was really anticipating them beating now. They're at home, and they're a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over a Vikings team that is
1: hot. Yeah. um, So, your past couple games for the Vikings, you have uh, the 49ers game, which is where Kirk got hurt, correct? I believe Kirk got hurt against the Packers. Let me double-check.
0: I think it was right at the end of the Packers game.
1: Uh, Yes, you're right. Kirk did play the Packers game. So... Uh, Vikings have definitely, you know, they, they've won a lot of games in a row. Uh, like I said, five game win streak, very, very impressive. They're the only team that has, you know, more than like three games, uh, 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 to add to their win streak. But, um, Josh Dobbs hasn't seen a defense like the Broncos yet. Yeah. This is, I think probably one of his bigger tests, um, especially being primetime, uh, playing under the lights on Sunday night football. Um, Yeah, you're right. This one's going to be a very good game, especially with how the Broncos have looked as well. Um, Yeah, I I really I don't know what to think about this one either. You, you, I guess if you're Minnesota, try your best to run the ball effectively. Uh, Ty Chandler, you know, got into the end zone last week. Didn't really have the best game, but did score a touchdown. And if you're the Broncos, just I think as long as they don't turn the ball over, it's going to be a super super close game.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. If the Broncos hold on to the ball, we know they can run the ball. Javante Williams has actually been pretty good, um, despite not really having seen too much out of him. Um, And, like, Cortland Sutton has been very good in the red zone. Like, they're only targeting him, you know, maybe seven or eight times in a game. But he's kind of just, like, been good for, you know, three or four receptions and a touchdown every game. Um, yep. So just kind of keep using your weapons and keep playing good enough defense. Like, they don't have to play fantastic defense. It just needs to be good enough. If you can hold the Vikings to 20 points, you got a chance to win because the Vikings' defense isn't that great.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'm right there with you.
0: Yeah, I think think I'm going to go with the Broncos, slowing the momentum of the Vikings. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go Broncos – Broncos 24, Vikings 20.
1: I'm going to go 24-21. Okay. Or no, Broncos, sorry. Broncos.
0: Broncos. All right, Monday Night Football. Possibly one of the best matchups of the year, one of the most anticipated. Obviously a a Super Bowl rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Of course, the Kelsey brothers facing off. Um. Don't know if Taylor Swift will be there. We'll have to see. Does she have a show on Monday? Let's see. Um, if she's not there,
1: I'm not watching the game.
0: Yep. You too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll stand in solidarity.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, she'll, be oh so she'll be there. She'll be there. I'm swan. pretty sure
0: she's bringing her parents.
1: Uh oh! Are they are, are they meeting the parents now?
0: Well, well, Travis already met her dad at least. Um, at
1: how do you sh- know that?
0: I it's all over social media, dude. I can't avoid this. Oh, yeah. Um, it's all right. Yeah, that
1: was the New Era's tour movie, Grayson. When you saw I didn't, it, I didn't watch it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think I know a single <laughs> song title off of her most recent album. I'm it's called Midnight, right? Midnight's midnight.
1: Yeah, midnights, but I okay. I, I can't name a I song. I don't know either. a single song.
0: Um yeah. I'm trying to think of the last Taylor Swift song that I know the title of and oh shake it off might be the last one I know. I think that's embarrassing. It's not like <laughs> I think I should know more than that. Just being like somebody that enjoys listening to music, I should know more than that. Um.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I honestly kind of enjoyed her lover album. I'm not gonna lie.
0: Didn't know that existed. Um. Might have to. Listen. It's
1: probably her best one. I. I think it's her best one.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about football. Um. Uh, yeah. Football. Kansas City, a two and a half point favorite. The Eagles are so weird to me because I said on this podcast that I didn't know who the best team in the NFL is. Knowing damn well that that's me saying the Chiefs aren't the best team in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I, and yeah. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I said it, I think on Monday's episode, uh, it was my stake your claim that I didn't know if or that there is not a best team in the NFL right now. And I'm going to stand by that, but the Chiefs just don't seem right to me. You know what I mean? Yeah like they're not it's I, not I they it. haven't like kicked it in gear yet despite being 7 and 2 and having a big win last week and or 2 weeks ago before their bye week over in Germany against the dolphins like they've won big games but it's like it just doesn't seem right it seems like they should be putting up more points it seems like they should be like undefeated at this point but like the loss to the lions and then you have the loss to the broncos it's so weird but then on the eagles side It's like they haven't been beating not good teams by a lot of points. Like They haven't really been beating anybody by a lot of points. And that doesn't seem right, but also it's like Jalen Hurts is kind of banged up. And there's so many question marks surrounding both of these teams at this point in the season, despite them both being the number one seed in their conferences right now. And I just don't know what to think. (laughs) I really don't
1: um i you know i I think i i like philly coming off of the bye week but
0: they're both on the other end coming off a bye week
1: oh yeah duh. sorry yeah no you're definitely right um and they're both coming off pretty big wins too you know with uh dallas uh beating their division rival and then the dolphins who are you know up there right with them in the conversation for best teams i would say um yeah, I I don't know because it, uh, to add to you, it doesn't really seem like Patrick Mahomes has had like the most like kind of light you up score lines. Yeah, I, I honestly there, there's a definitely an argument to be made that Sam Howell has put up more impressive quarterback games than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, just just you know, stat-wise. Patrick Mahomes just been
0: first of all. Nobody's calling out Josh Allen for throwing eleven, or everybody's calling out Josh Allen for throwing eleven picks. Patrick Mahomes throwing eight picks. Yeah, i just—he's up there. I don't know. He's one to look at in that statistic. Surprisingly, <laughs> he <laughs> is. Like, oh man, that's that's a lot. Eight picks when when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, of course. Um,
1: but in nine like, games too.
0: Yeah. That that doesn't seem right. But I, I still think Kansas City just has this edge to them that nobody else does. Especially when they're playing at home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I'm actually gonna go the opposite way. Uh I'm gonna go Philly, um 3128, Philadelphia.
0: Okay. I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go lower scoring. I'm gonna go Chiefs twenty. Yeah, Chiefs twenty-four, Eagles twenty-three. Okay. A lot of field goals for the Eagles in this one.
1: Yes. Jake Elliott, MVP.
0: (laughs) I I just I think the Chiefs will slow down the run quite a bit. Um and with Hurts not being quite as mobile as he has been in the past with that injury. Um I, I think the Chiefs can can at least shut him down by field goal range. Um. All right. Well, that's the week. Let's talk a little bit about the Thursday night football matchup that's happening tonight. uh, As we're recording, it'll already have been settled Ooh. by the time the uh, the listeners are hearing this. But we have Bengals Ravens, a big division matchup. Two teams that hate each other, just like all of the other <laughs> AFC North teams hate each other. Actually, both brutal. Uh, all the AFC North teams uh, playing each other this week. But yeah. Um. This Bengals Ravens game actually is probably going to be good. Like, I know the Bengals lost oh, yeah, last week well. in a close one to the Texans, but the Ravens lost last week in a close one to the Browns. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, this one's going to be good,
1: I think. Uh, finally, a good Thursday night football game, Grayson. Yeah. Finally. Um, man, I, I don't, I, I just think, um, I, I think the Ravens defense is what's going to prevail here. Um, I, I don't know how. I, it's the first time they're playing each other this season, right? The Ravens and the so. Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. So we we don't know how this kind of like new iffy Joe Burrow. Yeah, they is played. Look. Uh, they, they played, week two. They played
0: oh, okay. week two. Oh,
1: okay. Gotcha. Um. What? Actually, I want to go back to that game real fast. Twenty-seven, twenty-four um, Ravens, I believe. 27, 24 Ravens. So, yeah, I mean, it's, this is just going to be a good one. Um, AFC North coming down to the wire, you have a seven and three division leader in the Ravens, uh, two, six and three teams in the Browns and the Steelers, and then a five and four Bengals. So I I think if the season ended today, we would have three AFC North teams in the playoffs, I believe. Um, but now th- this one's just going to be interesting. Um, do you think it's going to be high scoring? Uh,
0: kind of. Both teams will score in like the twenties, for sure.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. Like the Ravens obviously have so much going for them, but the Bengals, despite the loss last week, are a hot team. Um, they have good things going for them, like. None of the Bengals players just played like horrible last week. Um they just kind of got outplayed. It was kind of similar to like what I said about the Lions Chargers where it was just the uh, when when it came to Texans Bengals, the Texans had the ball last. Um Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I think I think this one's going to be interesting. I think the Ravens pull away with it just because of the defense. Like they're going to get big stops and big moments. Um I think that's going to be a game changer. So, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Ravens twenty, Ravens twenty seven, Bengals twenty one.
1: You know, we're we're. I'm kind of thinking about it now, and um, I'm I'm actually not going to bet against Joe Burrow when it matters most, and I feel like. You're playing Baltimore, you're 5-4, and four, the rest of the division is, you're, you're last in the division. I, I'm not going to bet against Burrow in this game. I think I'm going to go with the Bengals here, uh, 28-24 Bengals.
0: Okay, it's going to be yeah. interesting. Well, um, if we're both, well, I guess we can't both be wrong on who wins, um, but if this game sucks, I apologize, since you've already uh, watched <laughs> it, gone through that whole thing. <laughs> Um, I apologize, but that is NFL week 11, getting close, getting close to start talking about playoff pictures. Um, that's crazy. It's it's going to be a big deal in a couple of weeks. Um, but we'll keep you guys all up to date for now. It's MLB awards time. Obviously we did all of our awards predictions last week, but the all MLB team finalists, came out earlier this week and um it's gonna be fun to go through and um see you know see if we have some discrepancies because you know it, it was hard for the MLB awards to even find things that we said were wrong but there's a lot of options when it comes to the all MLB teams. So uh we'll start at first base. Um I already put in my vote for the day. Um, so I already put my whole team in. So my first baseman is Matt Olson
1: of the Atlanta Braves. Um Yeah, I mean fifty four home runs would, you know, get you on the list, yeah. definitely. Um thirty nine Yeah, I'm gonna go with Pete Alonzo. Just kidding. That was a joke. Good. Um I hate that he's on this list. I don't don't like this guy. <laughs> I went with Freddie. I just you know, it, it was it was hard not to go with Matt Olson. You know, just offensively and defensively strong, both players. I just think Freddie's stats are a little bit more well rounded than his.
0: Yeah, like Matt Olson took- struck out a lot. I can definitely yeah. say that with confidence. But to me, like the biggest thing, considering both of them, like hit in a similar spot in the lineup, they play a similar role on similarly good teams. The fact that Matt Olson had 37 more RBIs is crazy.
1: Yeah. No, it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. That's why I went with Matt over Freddie. Um, right. Alright, it's second base. This one was tough. Like Nobody stuck out to me. Really? Yeah, like, okay, I ended up going with Ozzie Albies, and it's all based on the fact that, to me, it was down to him and Simeon because Altuve didn't play enough games. Luis Arrias is the most boring fucking player to watch ever. Um, so, like, to me, it was up to Ozzy and Marcus Simeon. And when you look at the numbers, it's just a matter of Ozzy one-upped him in a lot of statistics. And yeah, I, I value that heavily. So, I had to go with Ozzy.
1: I actually went with uh, Jose Altuve on this one despite the games. I-, I felt like um I felt like he played enough games, um, you know, to definitely to at least make this list. Um, finished with a better batting average, a better OPS, um, more stolen bases. Um I, I would have honestly liked to have seen how many home runs and RBIs he could have had if he played a full season, but I-, I went with Altuve, but it was close between him and Ozzy for me. Yeah. I- and then Marcus Simon was an M V P candidate.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I don't oh. think he deserved it at all. Um, no, no, I think that was ridiculous. But let's move on to the next one. It's shortstop. Uh, who'd you have?
1: Uh, I went with Corey Seager okay. in this one. Yeah, Just he's the only me. option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like
0: it's like <laughs> what? Who's second? Beau <laughs> Maybe Bobby Wood Junior is maybe the the best second option.
1: You're asking tough questions here, Grayson. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Well, it's obviously Corey Seager. Bobby Witt is close. I think the closest. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's close. I, I
1: like I like Gunner too. I like Gunner a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two fifty five average is tough.
1: It is tough. <laughs> it's really tough.
0: But um, yeah. I I feel like we don't even need to explain anything. Corey Seager hit three twenty seven, thirty three home runs, ninety six RBIs, and had over a thousand OPS. Um those <laughs> numbers kind of speak for themselves. So at third base, one of my hardest ones to choose, um, I was stuck between Devers and Austin Riley. And then I decided I wanted to factor in defense. So I went to baseball savant. I looked at some, some in-depth numbers and the biggest one to me is, uh, I believe it's called defensive run value, something close to that, uh, or field okay. fielding run value is what it's called. Um, Raphael Devers was like a negative eight, uh, and Austin Riley was a zero. Um, so I went with Austin Riley.
1: Okay, actually, I went with Raphael Devers here. Um, I don't, but yeah, you. for for me too, it was <laughs> it was also between uh, Raphael Devers and Austin Riley. It, it's kind of weird, like. I feel like Jose Mar- Ramirez kind of deserves to be in this discussion, but yeah. for some reason I looked at his name and it just never even crossed my mind that he was better than Rafael Devers and Austin Riley this season.
0: Yeah. I, I stats think stats are there. Oh, yeah, the stats are definitely there. It's just his team was so bad that like he didn't deserve recognition to most people, and I don't think we yeah. really heard about him all that much. Um, mm-hmm. but, like The fact that he's a third baseman stealing 28 bags is crazy. Um, but it's like, okay, Devers had an elite offensive season You're doing exactly what third basemen are supposed to do, which is hit for power and hit just above two seventy um, same goes for Riley. I just think Riley's glove was a little bit bigger um for me.
1: yep, that's fair.
0: Catcher is a tough one. it is very tough i first of all, none of them are like an amazing option. <laughs> like I had it down to like five guys at first. I had like five people in my mind. I was like, yeah, it could be, it could be Sean Murphy. It could be JT or It could be Jonah Heim. No, it, well, it could be William Contreras and Adley Rutschman. I finally got down to William Contreras and Adley Rutschman. That's who I narrowed it down to. Oh, okay. I thought JT didn't have a good enough season. I thought Sean Murphy didn't play enough games, nor have the stats. I thought Jonah Heim was great, um, just not quite as good as William and Adley.
1: Okay, uh, so what? Who's your, Who are you picking? I went with William
0: Contreras. Okay, you said that, didn't you? No, no. I, oh, okay. My bad. My it. bad.
1: Um. No, similar to you, I was also between two people, except I was between Jonah Heim and Adley Rutschman. Um, Wait, did you say that you had Jonah Heim there, or you just made a case for him? He was up there. Okay, yeah. Um, Jonah Heim really just off of defense capabilities, but then, you know, looking at Adley, the offense is there, and maybe he didn't have the defensive stats, but in my opinion, Adley Rutschman is more than capable of playing defense like Jonah Heim can. Um, so I went with Adley here. I, I really like the season that he had.
0: All right, yeah. Uh, like I said, I don't blame you at all. Like William and Adley's defensive statistics actually lined up really well. I'm echoing through oh, your, wow. your mic thing
1: now. Of course, <laughs> but now,
0: uh, maybe I don't know. It doesn't seem like I am. But um, back to what I'm saying. No, I am. Yeah, I'm echoing.
1: Damn it, dude! Why does it always do it at yeah. like a certain point yeah. in the podcast? It does.
0: Uh, it takes about an hour, um, and then it starts doing it. I'm not even going to cut this part out because I don't feel like it. Because I want you guys to understand that this happened last week as well, um, and I cut it out. Yeah, of the this podcast. is my punishment. I, I get to <laughs> yeah. be Luke gets publicly shamed for not putting headphones on. Um, I always have my headphones on, so I'm, I'm going to take it out of my on an. Uh, in this manner. But um yeah, back to what I was saying. You you can hear me correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Um yeah, look, I, I had no problems with Adley's defensive statistics. I had no problem with Williams. Like to me, the jump that William Contreras made from the first like three what however many years he was with the Braves, I think it was three or four, to this first year with the Brewers was ridiculous he went from like a far far negative defensive or um like catcher statistics catcher to a plus (laughs) bat like one of the best hitting catchers in the league one of the best frame rates in the league a ton of blocks above average all that whereas adley yes in a bigger sample size than last season Took a step back in a couple of statistics, but had a better bat. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of why I ended up going with William.
1: I like that. You you even took into account when he played for your team. That's that's yes, nice. Correct. Good take. Good take.
0: <laughs> All um, right. Uh, the easiest one ever, DH. Yeah. Uh,
1: I went with uh, Marcelo Zona from Nabre.
0: Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, I no, didn't. it was um, we, we, we were talking about it pre-recording and it's just like Grayson and I agreed on the fact that it's ridiculous that we can sit here and see names like Jordan, Bryce Harper, and uh, honestly, even J.D. Martinez and Justin Turner and be like, yeah. Shohei is obviously the choice here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's I went crazy. with Shohei.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Um and, like, I'm not even factoring in the fact that he pitches. I'm factoring in the fact that he hit over 300 as a designated hitter and still had 44 home runs and 95 RBIs. And he missed the whole last were, month of the season.
1: Were him and Corey Seeger the only players in the MLB with an OPS over, over uh, the one point?
0: I think Freddie might have, or Acuna definitely did. So did Judge, yeah, no but I don't think Judge's I don't think Judge's OPS was qualified. Um, Freddie might have though. Let me. Okay. Uh, no, Freddie was just below. So, um, so
1: it's those three. Yeah. Dang, but yeah, Shohei obviously the choice here.
0: Yeah, same. I, I think like Harper once again, it's just a games played thing. I think Yordan, JD, and Marcelo Zuna have their case here. Um. Considering they all had pretty similar stats, Osuna, the most home runs out of the group, JD Martinez the most RBIs, Yordan the best average and best OPS. But um, yeah, I think it just has to go to Shohei. Yeah. Uh, all right. Definitely. Let's uh, let's talk outfield. We get three outfielders. Um, you guys just say mm-hmm. your three,
1: and then uh, you're th- you don't want to go back and forth on one nah. or just all three nah, collectively. We'll go, we'll okay. Make- um, I went with uh, Acuna. Kyle Tucker and Juan Soto. That was my oh, three. He
0: left out Mookie Betts.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I went Acuna, out Mookie Betts.
0: I went Cunha, Mookie
1: Betts, and Kyle Tucker. Ah, uh, we almost were. We almost had it there. How did you? I leave just out like, Mookie. How? You know, looking at it now, I may have made a mistake. Okay. <laughs> looking at all these guys, but um, well, yeah, Juan Soto you know, had me, a great me, year.
0: I don't blame you at all for taking him, but like Mookie just was better at like everything.
1: Except yeah. Nah, we're going to go <laughs> I'm
0: going
1: to, I'm going to match you. I, okay. I totally, I didn't even look at Mookie's name whenever okay. I was looking at this list. So yeah, definitely Acuna, Kyle Tucker and Mookie Betts are yeah. On a different level, but how about Cody Bellinger? He yeah, finished he was so well. Close. So close. <laughs> he really was. Um, Kinda weird. Adolis Garcia, I didn't even really think about him because of that two forty five average, even though you know it's not about batting average, but that just was a little bit too low for him. Yeah. I mean, at least get it in like the two sixties, right? Yeah. But um
0: there's one guy here that it will genuinely piss me off if he wins. Like if he gets a spot in the first team, and it's Aaron Judge.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: I just—I don't know. Like I get what he did in his sample size was great, but it was a small sample size. When you consider that there is guys that stayed healthy for a hundred, you know, sixty games or one hundred and fifty-eight games that they played, I think that actually matters when it comes down to who was a better player this season.
1: Yep, and Aaron Judge still hit more home runs than all of them. Well, most of them. Uh, not a Um or Mookie. No, not a, not Acuna or Mookie or Luis Robert, to be, to be fair. Yes. To, um, all or those Adoles guys. Garcia. Or yeah, Carly or Noles-Garcia. Oh, yeah, Kyle Schworber hit 47. <laughs> uh, how about Julio Rodriguez, though? A, a guy course. who didn't fall to the sophomore slump.
0: Yeah, he did at first. He was bad. At first. At first. Yeah. But uh, getting, you know, kind of getting to, like, the all-star game and the home run derby he turned the fuck up and like that two week span where he was just absurd. Um, ridiculous. Yeah, he was great. He definitely had a chance to, to kind of get up there. I think there's some guys that are pretty sneaky. Um, like Fernando Tatis had a really good year considering the time he missed. Good year
1: defensively too. Yeah.
0: Fantastic year defensively. Um, Anthony Santander, 95 RBIs. This season was great. Um yeah, let's uh let's get into the pitching though.
1: I'm excited about this one.
0: We get five starters, and this might have been the hardest list ever. It was very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll go ahead and just run through my list of pitchers and then um and then you can go through yours. So I've got Garrett Cole, Blake Snell, your two Cy Young winners. And then I have Justin Steele of the Cubs, Kevin Gosman of the Blue Jays, and Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks.
1: Damn, we both had a Cole and Snell, but went a completely different direction really? after that. Okay. Um, yeah, I went Cole, Snell, Kershaw. Um, I, I went with Spencer Strider just because he struck out God and everybody. And he won 20 games. His, and he won twenty games. His ERA was high, and I uh, that almost ended it for me. But like two hundred and eighty one strikeouts, come on, that's like that's yeah, ridiculous. That is so much more than whoever has second. I, I don't even know who it is. I believe Kevin Gausman uh, was second with
0: two hundred and thirty seven.
1: Yeah, which is just right in front of Pablo Lopez with two thirty four. Yeah. Um, and then I actually went with Logan Webb.
0: Hmm. Not bad. Yeah, look, Logan yes. Webb actually had a very good year. His team just lost so much when he was on the map. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was uh, whenever I made this list, I was trying to after I got like Cole Snell and Kershaw out of the way, I was trying to balance like strikeouts and ERA. And and Logan Webb to me was like one of the better. Actually, if I was doing that, it would have been Kodai Senga.
0: Yeah, I was about to Asinga. say the same thing. Two point nine eight ERA and two hundred two strikeouts is just simply yeah. better than Logan Webb.
1: Let's go ahead and get Logan Webb out of there and put okay. Kodai because I like Kodai a lot better. Cool. Yep, so Cole, Snell, Kershaw, Strider, Kodai.
0: Yeah. Um. There's like – it's an infinite list of guys I almost picked, but Eovaldi was real close for me, but the ERA kind of fucked it up. Uh, obviously, yep. Spencer Strider was like the first one out. Um, <laughs> Clayton Kershaw was super close to making it for me. Zach Wheeler, super close to making it. uh, Sonny Gray had a fantastic year. Merrill Kelly almost made it for me as well, but I would have needed a little lower ERA uh, for 187 strikeouts. But just like in general, so many great starting pitchers this season. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, for real. I I was. um, Radish. All these. Yeah. All of these guys on this list were awesome. Pablo Lopez, too. Really, really liked him. Really, really liked Pablo. Um, But, yeah, no. And Sonny Gray kind of making like a comeback almost. Is it fair to say that he kind of made a comeback in his career? Yeah. Yeah, Like, I I don't know. Every time I think of Sonny Gray, I just think of him in pinstripes, and I actually want to throw up. Um, (laughs) Oh, we didn't even talk about Shohei Otani.
0: Shohei Otani was a great starter this year.
1: Yeah, he um, he was an okay player. Yeah, I guess. <laughs>
0: um, all right, let's uh, let's get into the last part. We get uh, two relief pitchers, which includes closers. This one was really hard. I think there was one obvious one to me, and then I had to pick another.
1: Hmm. All,
0: right, all right, you go, you go ahead with uh,
1: two. uh, so I'm doing relief pitchers first. Well, you get
0: one, like it's just relief pitchers.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but are we saying the closing pitcher, though, with it all? Like, are we doing it as a group of three or no?
0: no? you only get two. They're all grouped in together.
1: Oh, I think I, I was reading off the uh, the prep sheet because you have yeah. relief pitcher, closing pitcher.
0: Yeah, as in they're part of the same two.
1: I understand. I understand. I understand. Do you want me to go ahead, Um <laughs> No, no, no. I'm okay. good cuz I can okay. I can easily eliminate one of my guys okay. here. I went with Johan Duran as my relief pitcher and Josh Hader as my closing pitcher.
0: Okay. Not bad. Yeah. What'd I I kind of just I kind of picked two closers. Um just because that's how the voting is set up. Um, that's yeah. So I went with Felix Bautista like just a ridiculous pitcher this season. Uh, when you have under yep. a 1 whip and you have 33 saves. Um, you had a ridiculous season, and then yeah. uh, same goes for Devin Williams under a one whip, thirty six saves. Um, yeah, both of them just ridiculously good. Um, uh, Devin Williams kind of stepping into the closing role for one of the first times in his career. Um, you know, you know, late last or late uh, last year, um, he took it over when Hader got traded, but um, yeah, thirty six saves for Devin Williams is crazy.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of saves. Manuel Classe, yeah. really high ERA, but the most saves on the list, I think, correct?
0: Uh, yeah, 44 saves, and then Camilo Duval, I believe, was in second, 39.
1: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of guys that have a case for it. Um, and, like, not to sleep on, like, the relievers. Uh, Sean Armstrong for the Rays was a fantastic setup, man. yeni Cano was easily one of the best just relief pitchers in general, he could go multiple innings at a time um, and then kind of settled into the setup role. And then when Felix went out, was the closer and did a great job at all of them. Yeah, um, Aroldis Chapman was striking out people at will uh, as per usual. Um, Yeah, just a, a lot of very good relievers. Pete Fairbanks kind of came out of nowhere and had a, a 1.01 whip and 25 saves this season. Um, even though I think he got injured at some point. Uh, Jordan Romano was great for the Blue Jays for quite a bit of the season. Paul Saywald was a great reliever, closer, I guess, uh, for the Diamondbacks. But just overall, a lot of dominant closing and relief pitching this season.
1: Yeah, I love Ryan Presley, too. He was very close to making my list.
0: Yeah, Josh Hader as well, very close. Um, yep. All right. Well that's the all MLB teams. Um yeah, that's that's kind of the that's all I've got. Like <laughs> uh, I believe it all gets announced on Monday? Voting ends on Sunday. I would assume it gets announced on uh oh no. Okay, voting ends on Monday or Sunday and it gets announced on December sixteenth. <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah, I guess it takes them a while to count all the votes, cause I get okay. So oh okay, so fan voting is fifty percent of what determines it. The other fifty percent is a baseball media panel vote.
1: And uh, baseball and the me- them letting the media control everything, it's like with journalists annoying. voting on stuff. It yeah. I don't I don't get that. Like I just realized that. Like why 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 don't. Why is the MLB like the only American sports league that has like, I don't know. The media just has so much of an influence in the game there. I feel like I, I have no Weird.
0: explanation probably just cause it's such a shit organization. Um, <laughs> I'll take any chance to just yeah. bite back the MLB. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any other MLB stuff to really talk about right now. You know, no free agent signings have really happened of, of value um, or anything quite you know detrimental to the game. I think I heard something about a possible rule change, um, like shortening the clock uh, when there's runners on base or something. I don't know. Oh, wow. It's some shit that, like, so people are going to overreact about right now, and then they're going to do it, and then they're going to forget, like, five games in. <laughs> like, they're going to watch a couple of yeah. spring training games and be like, this is no different, but it's going to shave off, I don't know, 10 minutes. <laughs> it oh, just wow. seems like how it's going to go.
1: Um, All about shaving the time.
0: Yeah, man. It's... Uh, I was actually having this discussion um, the other day, and it's like the people that get mad about all these rule changes that the MLB is bringing in are the people that the rule changes aren't made for. You know what I mean? Like the rule changes are made for the people that don't already want to commit three and a half hours to watching a baseball game. (laughs) Exactly. So me and my fellow um, baseball fans of years past overreact immediately to being like, why are you shortening up the game? And then you realize why, and it makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think yeah. at this point, like, I kind of need the pitch clock because I got so used to it. <laughs> oh,
1: it was it, the pitch clock was amazing. Yeah, that, like, it was so amazing.
0: It, like when it comes down to it, I'm watching at least an inning of probably over. 250 to 300 games a season. So I'm watching a little bit of every single Braves game. I'm watching every single playoff game that I can. And here and there, I'm just like tossing a game on. Um, So yeah, I'm watching somewhere around at least some of 300 baseball games a year. I didn't notice the fucking pitch clock half the time.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, I felt like I noticed it every time. In my opinion. It, like, it, nah. it just like innings were just like, just rolling through.
0: But like, that's always been, like, baseball has never dragged to me. Like, it's never dragged on. Because I'm used to it. Yeah. So, like, if, if there's Played. somebody that doesn't watch quite as much baseball, they might be like, damn, this, this feels like it's taking forever. I just, like, I don't know, I watch the minutes go by while I'm watching a baseball game.
1: Yeah. I gotcha.
0: But, um... Yeah, that's uh, that's all for the MLB. Let's get into something kind of interesting: our January transfer window wish list. And at first, I didn't think I could think of some. Then I started looking at what some people were saying. Newcastle needed, and um, <laughs>
1: and you got excited. Yeah, I got I got excited. <laughs> I got
0: a couple of people I have in mind. Uh, I only have three though. I didn't I didn't try to go outrageous because I think realistically we only end up signing one or two players. Um but uh i'll be uh, i'm interested to hear what you have to say because chelsea you know they like to spend money
1: yeah i uh i actually only have one player oh wow that i put for this but it, it's more of a it's more of a discussion this is what i wanted to bring up last episode but i decided to wait so yeah. i want to let you go first since i only have one player
0: okay so yeah for newcastle um i'm going to start off with uh two midfielders just because we do need to kind of fill the role of sandro tonali you know, because he'll be gone for the rest of the season. Um, so my first one is Adrian Rabio from Juventus, the French midfielder. Um, I think that's just, you know, you get an experienced midfielder, you get depth uh, in the absence of Tonali. Like Rabio is 28 years old. He's got 60 appearances in the Champions League. He's got 39 caps for France. Um, he played in all but one of France's matches in the 2022 World Cup this is a guy with a lot of experience in big games and considering that we want to stay at the top we we're not just like trying to hit it one year get knocked out of the champions league never go back um you know uh, getting a player with that kind of experience um in playing in big games and playing in big tournaments um is valuable uh, you know he's won i think he's won Serie A before with Juventus he won plenty of league on titles with PSG, but um, yeah, getting a guy with that kind of experience is hard to find, uh, especially considering he's only 28 years old. Um, It's hard to find a lot of guys with that kind of experience. So I think he'd be a fantastic pickup.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you know, definitely looked good with PSG when he was younger. Um, Looks really good. I I would say even better with Juventus. He's kind of like a forgotten Um, Really good midfielder, in my opinion. He he is very, he's a very good dribbler. He has an awesome touch, Um, you know, very decent passing as well. But also, you know, for a Premier League standpoint, he's also a 6'2 center mid. Um, He's a massive big body guy. Um, And I think, yeah, I, I, I would love to see him go to Newcastle. That'd be an interesting move. Yeah. And with Newcastle kind of being new to, you know Europe and everything these are the kind of guys you want to bring in you know these like kind of like what you said these unique um players that are young but they've only played for good teams their entire career so he has yeah. the experience there um and yeah who knows maybe a player like him could become a leader on a team like Newcastle
0: exactly um and then my next guy as well kind of have a similar reason for bringing him in but more like less focusing on the Champions League more focusing on the Premier League it's Ruben Neves and in- He, though he just left for Saudi Arabia, just left Wolves uh, in the summer, Al-Halal done. I don't know if it's really working out for him. I've been seeing so many rumors that he wants to come back to Europe and getting an experienced midfielder who's played five seasons in the Prem already. He's got 44 caps for Portugal and he's only 26 years old, which is crazy to me because I feel like he's been around so long. The big hang up is that we probably can't loan him in because the Premier League uh, and all their owners will be voting on a temporary rule that is going to halt players being loaned between clubs with the same owners and due to Newcastle being owned by the Saudi Public Investment Fund and Al-Halal being owned by the Public Investment Fund, it wouldn't be possible if that rule is in place. Um, This rule wouldn't just affect Newcastle, though, They've tried to make that very clear that it's not just aimed at Newcastle, uh, but which makes it seem like it is, uh, but, uh, it would be affecting, uh, quite a few teams in the Premier League. Chelsea wouldn't be able to make deals with, uh, Strasbourg, um, you know, teams like, oh man, oh, man. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it affects you guys in that way. Uh, and it affects me in the fact that we can't loan players from all Nasser, all Halal, and all, <laughs> all Ali and all Ittihad who have like all of the best players in that league. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah,
0: so hopefully they don't vote on that rule to go in effect. I got a feeling they definitely will. Um, yeah, that would hurt because then we'd have to pay full price to somehow lure him out of all Halal. Um, but, yeah, I think he'd be a good pickup.
1: That's going to be something interesting to see, because, you know, there have been a couple players, like Benzema, too, who's not happy over there. I wonder what it's going to be like when we're trying to buy players from Saudi Arabia.
0: I don't think it'll be an issue. Um, I'm cer- I'm certain it's going to be happening. Um, But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see it being that much of an issue because, you know, buying and loaning are different. Because, like, we sold uh, Alan St. Maximin to Al Ali in the summer for, like, 20 million euros less than we probably could have sold him somewhere else. Oh, wow. But people kept trying to say that we sold him there so that we could pay to get Sandro Tonali. Because same ownership, all Ali and Newcastle have the same ownership. Um, Uh, but the fact that we sent, sent him over for way less than his value and significantly less than what we paid for Sandro Tenali doesn't really line up. Um, but they're trying to avoid situations like that where we're like, Hey, you guys should, uh, buy this player off of us and then loan him back to us for like 3 million euros. Um, I guess pounds. Um, since neither of those countries use Euros. But, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. I would love to have Ruben Nevis on this team, though.
1: Yeah, no, I think he would be another great fit. Um, obviously younger than Rabio, um, has the caps with Portugal, um, and just someone who's really solid. Someone who's not small, but he can move like a small guy. He's yeah. pacey, um, he can dribble, he can shoot, um, and he has a very good passing capability, too. So, um, yeah, no, I like uh, I like both of those players to Newcastle, I do.
0: Yeah, and then um, my third one, um, which I think is possibly one of the more realistic ones, interestingly enough, um, is that if any signing's going to happen, it's likely going to be at center back. Because um, we have the depth in the midfield already. Like We have guys that are playing very well in the midfield despite Sandra Tenali's suspension. Because you already have, you know, long staff who's really stepped up, and you already have, you know, yep. Gimmerice, Joel Linton, uh, amongst others. But at center back, I feel like we're missing the depth that it takes to play at the top level. Because like Sp- Sven Botman is a world class center back. Honestly, at this point, he's been fantastic over the course of these two couple, like these two years and prior. Fabian Share compliments him very well. But when you play at this top level, when you're trying to be a top four team perennially and you're trying to make the Champions League every year, you need the depth at center back. And I just don't think that Jamal LaSalle is quite there to be the next guy in line behind those two. So I think there's a, actually like a decent chance that fresno Kimpembe is like a realistic
1: option. Oh, wow. That would be sick.
0: Yeah, and... <laughs> Because he's coming off of an Achilles injury that's left him out since February. Since then, PSG's already replaced him in the starting lineup because um, Skriniar has played fantastic for them, and I think that drops Kempembe's value quite a bit. Like We could realistically get him on a permanent deal in like the mid-20s, like mid-20 millions to get Presnel Kempembe there. Very affordable. It'll be... Probably, I wouldn't say he's going to be, like, bona fide, crucial starting player in this lineup because Fabian Share is great. But when you can get, like, a, a very good left-footed center back that can play at, like, the top level, that's, like, a game changer. And um I think there's actually a chance he leaves in January.
1: Now that's a good shout, too. Also a guy with, you know, Champions League experience as well playing for – um PSG, a guy who knows what it's like to you know win games too. Yeah, um, I love this move. I think it's actually super realistic and it's very affordable for Newcastle right now. Um, it, it would it would be the perfect like your typical January depth move. Yeah, for this Newcastle team, and I honestly can see. I, I don't think it's out of the realm for him to take the starting job for Fabian Share.
0: No, not at all.
1: So yeah, um, yeah th- this would be a fantastic signing.
0: Yeah, that's one that I'd be very excited for. Like, obviously, I'd be excited for the midfield ones, but it's like, I like our midfield. Um, I just know we need help, like depth-wise. At defense, yep. there has been question marks. Like Fabian Cher is great. Gets up the field a little too much. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but I think Kempebe yeah. does a great job, and then, like I said, having a, le- a very good left-footed center back is huge. Um, I like it. All right. Let's hear yours.
1: All right. So um, how do I want to start this? Uh, so I only have one player, as I mentioned before, for uh, Chelsea, uh, my wish list for Chelsea in January. Um, with the state of Chelsea now, uh, even after the 4-4 draw to City, that was an absolutely ridiculous game. Nicholas Jackson's still not my guy. I, I might be the biggest Nicholas Jackson hater out there. Uh, and I still want us to go striker in January. Um, with Real Madrid out of the race. Yep. It, it's happening. With Real Madrid out of the race, Mbappe needs to come to Chelsea. He's not leaving in January. I, dude. No. We, we we can swing this, I think. Todd Bowley is showing no signs of uh, like slowing down the Chelsea spending spree, and you know what? If if Mbappe went to Real Madrid, that doesn't really sound like competing with Holland to me. Would that not be the most insane move from Mbappe to move to Chelsea, the capital of the you know country? you would then directly compete with Holland. It would be like Ronaldo-Messi level. Like, literally. I I don't even think... That's that's not an understatement either. It literally would be Ronaldo-Messi level. Um, Chelsea have a good history, uh, a good recent history. Um, Not like recent, recent history, but, you know, we did win the Champions League two years ago. Um, And yeah, I, I honestly do not think it's out of the realm for Chelsea to sign Mbappe. Maybe in January, but... We have to be in the question from Mbappe. Okay. What are your I thoughts? don't know.
0: <laughs> I know that Real Madrid <laughs> seems to be out of the race um, due to just the success of Jude Bellingham. I ju- it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like Chelsea's the spot for him.
1: Well, if not Real Madrid, where else?
0: I don't know. I, I have no clue. Because it's going to, first he, of all... He
1: already plays for PSG.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like it just seems like first of all it's gonna cost you a lot of money. He's he's not he's not like old yet. Like he's still very young. <laughs> no. He's still one of the best in the world. And it like I don't know what it is about Chelsea as the particular landing spot that doesn't make sense to me, but it just I can't imagine Killing Mbappe playing in the Premier League is my issue.
1: I think that's, I don't know where, why. that's where his sights have to be turned now. I, I I think with Mbappe's ego, I mean, let's just get that out of the way. He has a massive ego. Yeah. Why not come to directly compete with Holland like Ronaldo did with Messi?
0: Or she should team up with him.
1: Well, <laughs> let, we're, we're literally fans of Premier League teams that aren't Manchester City. We don't even need to manifest that happening. <laughs> What about Liverpool? Liverpool uh, could be in there. I don't know. With Darwin Nunez, I, I think the only other you know feasible option would be dude. Arsenal.
0: Are you telling me that Liverpool wouldn't replace Darwin Nunez with Kylian Mbappe so fast?
1: I, I love Darwin Nunez, dude. Uh, you are right. I don't know what <laughs> Liverpool would do, but I don't know. Jurgen Klopp seems like more of a project guy, like not just going out and grabbing the best players. Like not gonna matter. He's gonna be he,
0: managing Germany like next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it just, I don't know. It, it seems like Real Madrid was the only place that he was gonna go.
1: I don't know. I, I, I think. Um, I, I definitely think at the very least Mbappe needs to come to the prime. Okay. But then again, yeah, like we Bayern said, Munich. we
0: said that about Messi.
1: When did we say that about Messi?
0: I think people said that about Messi for a while. I remember that being a conversation.
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean City, you know, City wanted City him tried for the longest, really time. hard. Yeah. They they did.
0: Man, but, I think it was that was an attempt to get him with Aguero.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I I don't know. Mbappé needs to come to the Prem, regardless <laughs> if it's not Chelsea, he needs to come here. All
0: right. Interesting. I just yep. – it
1: doesn't sound right in my head. <laughs> Maybe
0: it's just denial. It, it, Maybe it is, but it doesn't seem it, it right It doesn't me. with
1: me either, but I, I know that Chelsea are – they have their sights on them. It's even Tony Mbappe and Victor Ossieman.
0: <laughs> well, just two – like three very clear tiers there. It's, they really are. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's pick up a guy that's played as – like all the whole time we've known who he is, he's played at Brentford, um, <laughs> and then let's pick up a guy who started playing well last year, and um, Victor Osimhen, and then one of the best players in the world.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I, I think it's actually really feasible. I really do.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Todd Bowley, better open up that uh, that checkbook there. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get into questions time. Let's do it. Um, all right, you want to start?
1: Yeah, I will. Oh, oh um, hold on, breaking news! Breaking news!
0: Breaking news! Shohei Otani AL MVP.
1: Oh, so he didn't go to the Yankees yet?
0: <laughs> no, not that kind of breaking <laughs> <just> news.
1: <laughs> all right, now you can start. Good for him. Shout out Otani. Um. Great. Has there ever been a player that's won the World Baseball Classic and won MVP the same year? Uh,
0: maybe. Let's see who was. That'd be uh, kind of something interesting. When was the last one, 2017 MM Classic? I think so. <laughs> well, um, yeah, Giancarlo Stanton, 2017.
1: Giancarlo Stanton was MVP in 2017. Yeah.
0: He hit like seems sixty like... something bombs. Oh damn! Uh, fifty nine. Yeah.
1: Huh. Well, John Carlo highest... and yeah, Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Questions time. So, uh, with it being international break, I decided to give you an international question. Oh, okay. Um. How will Carlo Ancelotti do with Brazil?
0: Like, he is the master of finding young Brazilian players, um, it appears. Oh, man. I I don't know. Like, Carlo Ancelotti is just an amazing manager um, in general. So, like, it's hard to say that he won't just be great. My issue is, like, there is kind of, like, uh, a changing of the guard with Brazil. Like Neymar yeah. is, you know, obviously he had the injury, but I think his best years are kind of behind him at this point. I think that's safe yep. to say. Um And he was always kind of the, the leader, um, at least when you look at like, who's getting selected for these squads, but like, like who's on the Brazil squad for this, like who got selected? Probably. Um, oh, sorry, I'm trying to, trying to pull up their call-ups. You know, I've never had to look this up. I don't even know how to look it up. <laughs> I think I might have found <laughs> I, I actually haven't either. There we go. Uh, maybe. Okay, yeah. So you've got Allyson, Ederson, some random guy. uh, Gabriel from Arsenal. Bremer from Juventus. Marquinhos. Emerson, Royale, Carlos Agosto, Renan Lodi. Midfield, Andre from Fluminense. Bruno Guimaraes, Douglas Luis, Joe Ellington, Rafael Vega, Rodrigo. And then your forwards, you have Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, Endrick, Pepe, Vinicius Jr., Yao Pedro, Poliño, and Gabriel Martinelli. I... That's a super young team. Obviously, Andrew is is (laughs) very young, but like outside of what Marquinhos, like Marquinhos, and then like Alison and and Ederson aren't that young anymore. Um, Same for like Gabriel Jesus, I guess. Like, considering like their front three in these games could literally be like Vinicius Jr. Yao Pedro and like Rafinha on the right. Yeah. That's crazy. And then your midfield would be like it probably Rodrigo at like right mid Um, or left mid. And then you'd have like Gima Reich, Douglas Louise, and Joe Ellington, Uh out of this I have Vinicius crop. in there. Yeah, Vinicius is a left wing.
1: Oh, he gotcha, a, gotcha. A
0: forward. Uh, and then, like, in your defense, I would assume they go like a – oh, man, that's tough. Having Gabriel, Bremer, and Marquinhos as center back options. Maybe that is just how they roll it, a three at the back. Um, yeah, maybe. Because, like, your full backs are Emerson, Royale, and Renan, Lodi, which, like, they're not bad at all. But, I, yeah, look, I don't know. I'm I'm stringing out this question far too long now, but I, I think like Carlo Ancelotti is not going to have an issue. Obviously, there's so much young talent coming through. Considering, like in that in these line, like in this selection, they picked like six guys that are still playing in Brazil right now. Yeah. So,
1: it's very Carlo Ancelotti of them.
0: Yeah, very much. Even though he's yeah. not even the coach yet. Um Exactly, <laughs> but like I have a feeling, like Allison will probably leave. You know, in in a few years, he'll probably retire from international duty. Same goes for Neymar. Um, you know, we've had plenty of guys kind of drop out of it in the past couple of years. I think, you know, I think a new guard has come in, and I'm I'm excited for it. Like, shit, you know, four years from now, Marquinhos is probably gone too.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, we're looking at like
0: it's just, Bruno Guimarães as their captain, or like Vinicius.
1: It, yeah, I know, and it's it's not going to take that long, but I just think a um a young Brazil team with Carlo Ancelotti as their manager, we're we're getting into like almost unfair territory.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And I I think it could be stupid good.
0: Yeah. For them. All right. Okay. We're we going random order, or do you want to?
1: Yeah, let's do random. Okay. Um, do you think the Bills firing
0: offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey was the right way to react?
1: Oh, man. That's a good one. No, I, you know, I, I don't think so. I, I would say it was very heavily social media driven. Uh, they They were under attack after that Monday night football game. Yeah. The entire Bills team... Um, like you had people making like fake Instagram stories of Stefan Diggs. Like apparently Josh Allen told him to put on a Broncos Jersey after asking for the ball or something like that. Um, so no, I don't think it was the right way to react. Like, look, I, you have a quarterback that's a risk taker and, and I know a lot about risk taking quarterbacks. Cause I mean, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was kind of similar. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw a lot of picks. Yeah. Um, he was another risk take type quarterback. Um, and, I mean, their offense is fine, in my opinion. It's looked really good with James Cook and Dalton Kincaid, you know, getting added to the mix there. So, no, I do not think it was the right reaction. Maybe down the road. Yeah. Like, it, it maybe, you know, thinking of offensive coordinator limiting, limiting turnovers, yeah, like, yeah. But I don't think you do that midseason.
0: Yeah, I think at 5-5, five and five, like, your season's not just, like, down the drain. Like You have winnable games coming up. <laughs> Obviously, you can win this week against the Jets. You probably don't win uh, against the Eagles or the Chiefs. You got a chance against the Cowboys. You got a chance against the Chargers. You probably win that one. You probably beat the Patriots. And then, you know, if you're still looking good, you could beat the Dolphins in the final week of the season. Like, this season's not gone. And 10 weeks in, you're firing your O.C. After, yeah, cons- all things considered, a f- Plenty of bad offensive showings. You had, of course, the season opener where you only put up 16 and you lost to the Jets. You had the the 14-9 win over the Giants. You had the 29-25 loss to the Patriots where they had a ton of chances to score and they didn't. Then you have 24-18 against the Bengals, and now this horrible fuck-up that leads to a loss, which then again, Ken Dorsey wasn't the guy putting 12 people on the field on special teams. It was so, not. that's uh that's another thing to look at. Maybe yeah, that was a good question. More looking at uh Sean McDermott, since you know the defense is not playing well either.
1: That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah,
0: I don't know. That's yeah. that's yeah. not something you do ten games in.
1: You can fire the OC ten games in. You can't fire the head coach unless you're the no. Raiders, <laughs> especially yeah. one with a pretty you know consistent playoff track yeah. as well in yeah. recent yeah. times too. Um. All right, well, that means I go MLB, and uh, all I wrote was uh, Aaron Nola to the Braves, question mark? No, it's not happening, unfortunately. Why not?
0: I would be cool with it. Uh, I definitely would. I think there's just too many other teams that are willing to spend more on his services than the Braves. I think the Braves are more focused on a different starting pitcher.
1: Do you feel like, um, you know, kind of a follow-up question since that one was pretty short. Do you think the Braves, with how much money they've kind of um, spent on, you know, like Riley Acuna um, and kind of that like whole uh, like five players, Sean Murphy, um, Matt Olson in there as well. They are affordable deals, but do you think it limits the Braves as to what they can do? Like if they wanted to go and get like a blockbuster player or something no, like that? No, because we
0: already have blockbuster players. That's okay. the thing. It's like, we don't need to go out and get some fucking hard hitting player. We need pitching. Yeah. And that's something that we haven't spent a lot of money on. Spencer Strider, team friendly deal, Max free, team friendly deal. Kyle, Wright, Same thing. Charlie Morton makes like fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> like, same goes for Ryzel Iglesias, who we haven't even given a contract while he's been here. We're just writing off of the contract that the angels gave him like, Yep. A bunch of these guys on our team aren't getting paid as much as they probably could on the open market, but they're on this team now and they're great players. We still need to go out and get a starting pitcher, regardless whether you can save some money on Sonny Gray, maybe. Uh, but that's a that's an AL Cy Young finalist. And then yeah. um Maybe Jordan Montgomery costs less and you want to go out and try and get Jordan Montgomery from the world champions, uh, which could be easier than it sounds. Because, you know, I've talked about a couple of times, like you win the World Series, you typically lose a couple of players because these guys are like, all right, I won my ring. I can go do it somewhere else. Um, uh, Maybe that's what happens. Maybe we do get Jordan Montgomery. Regardless, we need a starting pitcher and we need a good one. We need one that can slot in at least at third in the rotation. Yeah, I think it needs to be somebody better than Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton. Doesn't have to particularly be better than Max Fried and pretty hard to get better than Spencer Strider.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, all right, I'll we'll ask you a soccer question. Why is Xabi Alonso the most sought-after manager in Europe right now? And he's, <laughs> like,
1: just started managing. Dude, they they are playing, like, Xabi ball over there in Germany in yeah. Leverkusen. Crazy. They, look, they look amazing. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, he didn't become a manager of necessarily a big team like Mikel Arteta did. He's younger than Mikel Arteta and his, is Leverkusen better than Arsenal?
0: Uh, man, I don't know.
1: I, you can make I case, think, I think. think when you look at you like the talent on
0: the teams, you're going to say Arsenal. Um, and look, Arteta just has a bigger body of work at this point. Um, Yeah. That's the that big thing to me. But uh, interestingly enough, there is a buyout clause in, uh, in old Xavi Alonso's contract with Bayer Leverkusen that Real Madrid might be paying for mm. to replace Carlo Ancelotti, and it's only $20
1: million. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And Florentino Perez can pull that out of his back pocket. Exactly. And I got a feeling he probably will. That uh, that would be you know it's cool that he's the manager of Leverkusen but to see him go uh, back to Real Madrid would be amazing. That would be so much fun. Yeah. I think but, yeah, he no. said
0: something he had a very good quote um the other day. I'm I'm going to try and find it. Something about being um like Basque with a German flair. Something <laughs> Great! It sounded awesome. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it, but um, yeah, I was like, oh, this guy's totally going to Real Madrid when I saw that. Quote. <laughs> I was like, I know you're managing in Germany right now, and you played a few years over there, but come on, <laughs> nobody, yeah, you can't turn down Real Madrid. Is that fair to say? It, like, as a player, or as a manager, as a manager. I think that's a hard job to turn down unless, of course, you have a history with Barcelona or you're already in a fantastic position. Obviously, like, you know, Pep is out of the question. Um, You know, guys like Jurgen Klopp are probably out of the question just because he's had success at Liverpool. Um, Yeah. But, like, I think there's plenty of guys out there.
1: I think you're right. The only way I turn down Real Madrid is they they run a mafia over there. True. I I don't think Florentino Perez is the most ethical guy when it comes to owners. But then again, he, I uh, would probably
0: he, I would probably turn down Barcelona before I turn down Real Madrid, only because of how many financial issues they run into every year.
1: Um, and obviously, you know, with the ref scandal that came out recently, with them, you know, being proven that yeah. they've been bribing refs, but I think. I honestly truly believe that Florentino Perez does similar things, just doesn't get caught. Probably, I-, I think he's on a different level of power. But, yeah, to your point, you normally do not turn down Real Madrid. Yeah. Ever. So, so yeah,
0: Xavi Alonso is 100% going to Real Madrid. Um, yeah. Also, to, what the oh fuck God, happened to Jude Union Bellingham. Berlin, dude? You see they fired their manager and they're last in the Bundesliga right now?
1: Oh no way.
0: Yeah. Real fall from
1: Dang. grace after last year making the <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking UCL. <laughs> Crazy. Dang. So they're going to get sent out in the group and never go back.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're going to get knocked out of the UCL and relegated to the fucking Bundesliga 2 in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. no. Um My uh all right, Europe. Right. Yeah, Europe. NFL. Yeah.
1: NFL question. So um should the Steelers draft a quarterback in the first round? Uh, where are they picking? Uh, well, our sorry asses are six and three somehow, so it's not going to be a good one. That's my issue. Uh, but there's a lot of quarterbacks, though.
0: There is, but there's going to be guys that are better options than that quarterback at the position. If you're in like the middle of the first round,
1: yeah, that's true. But so like right now they're I, I,
0: they're lined up. Actually, they're not in a bad spot to pick a quarterback at 22. Ooh. Let me let me see like how people are ranking the quarterbacks. Okay. Cuz like, I, while I you're haven't doing really that, I looked just, into it that much.
1: It's just like watching teams with like CJ Stroud and Will Levis and Brock Makes Purdy. you Wish I, for I a new I feel very quarterback. left out. Very, very <laughs> left out. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know he's a pick kid. He plays with a lot of grit. Um, I he's so good in press conferences, and he's the exact toughness that Ben Roethlisberger was. He just fucking blows. Like overall, just pretty. He sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like Kenny Pickett, man.
0: It's fair. Um. All right. So this one, as of October fourteenth. Um. Uh, okay. You'd be looking at probably uh, a Bo Nix or Michael Penix, who are both like 25
1: years old. No way. Yeah. I thought Michael Penix was younger.
0: Nah. He spent, I think, two years at Indiana. Now he's two or three years in at Washington.
1: Dude, if we could get Michael Penix, oh, my God. I'd be so excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think six, three, two, cause like the
0: thing. Okay. So you're not getting Caleb and you're not getting Drake. May those two are off the table for sure. Uh, I don't want Caleb. I don't either. Um, shit. Drake may might be on the table for me. Um, Oh, I I fucking hope he is. Um, (laughs) but yeah, Uh, I, well, it's tough, man. Like Bo Nix, uh, the thing with Bo Nix and Michael Penix is we both seen them suck dick in college. Like, they both sucked at points. Michael Penix, I remember, like, far before starting this podcast, of course, like, me and Brock, like, talking shit about how bad he was at Indiana. <laughs> and, like, being like, this yeah. guy fucking sucks. Like, you play them, it's an automatic win. Kalen DeBoer figured something out and then brought him along to Washington and figured it out. Dan Lanning figured something out with Bo Nix at Oregon, and it's working. Um, Probably because he knows exactly how to beat Bo Nix, uh, considering he did it at Georgia every year he played him. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, it's – I don't know. It's tough because, like, it seems like – it seems like this is the year to draft a quarterback because, like, you could be getting Jaden Daniels in, like, the end of the second round. Yeah. Honestly, you could probably get Jaden Daniels in like the third round. <laughs> but like also Maybe. second or third round, you could get a guy like Michael Pratt, who I'm sure you haven't heard of, but uh he's the two lane quarterback and he is fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, so, I don't know who Michael Pratt is. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, there's uh there's things to look forward to. You guys don't necessarily have to pick in the first round a quarterback, is kind of what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe you know we could go first round offensive line and then you know wait for our quarterback. But I'm just, uh, you know, I I really like how the offense has been for Pittsburgh ever since Matt Canada has moved to the, down to the sideline. We are two and zero since he's yeah. been down at the sideline, and I don't, I don't think he's a good offensive coordinator. It's just I think things are looking better for him. And with things looking better for Matt Canada, now my focus on is on the fact that it might be Kenny Pickett that's the main problem in Pittsburgh. I think he is. So.
0: All right. So I'm looking at a, a, a Steelers specific mock draft. Um, they've got you guys taking safety. Tyler Newbin from Minnesota.
1: Weird. That's, sounds great. <laughs> Let's I see. like KZ and uh Menka.
0: Yeah, I do too. Um, could be looking corner as well. Oh, okay. Mm. I wouldn't be mad about this one. Cooper DeJean from Iowa is genuinely one of the best corners I've watched in college football, and he's white. Mm. That's crazy. No,
1: no way. Yeah, he's also white,
0: <laughs> um, which is insane. That I just said one of the best corners I've ever watched in college football, and he's white in the same sentence is.
1: Is he going yes, in the sir. first round?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. This guy is fucking locked down.
1: Holy shit, dude. This guy, oh my god. <laughs> He's
0: good, dude. He's real fucking good.
1: Oh, wow. That doesn't look like a cornerback.
0: Nope. He is white as hell.
1: Damn. Like, uh, uh, what was that Apke guy that played? He was always pretty fun, yeah. To watch. Taylor, Taylor Apke, was that his name? I can't remember, but I know who you're talking Troy about. Apke. He's also, actually still in the league. If Cooper does Apke.
0: go to the Steelers, he doesn't have to change up his colors, which is nice. Oh, yeah, it's the same yeah, thing, it's exactly much. the same. Uh, yeah, to the point where, like, if you accidentally turned on, like, you thought it was like, you thought it was Sunday, but it was Saturday, and you turned on an Iowa game, you'd be like, oh. There's the Steelers. Oh, cool. They can't score points either. <laughs> 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 Iowa's got to be one of the worst offenses I've ever watched. But we talk about college football on Mondays, so I won't get too yeah. deep into that. But, uh, yeah, my final question for you. Are you excited for this offseason for the Yankees, or do you think it's going to be kind of boring?
1: Um, It definitely doesn't need to be boring. Um, You know, we're we've been – Rumored with a lot of guys that I love, but that happens every year. Like, I, I remember it was like, it was Mike Trout like four or five years ago. That was, you know, never happened. Obviously, I do think but, you guys um, can
0: get like a one of the big name bats. I think you can get a Matt Chapman or a Cody Bellinger in this offseason.
1: Yeah, which would that would be fantastic. Um, I could definitely see Cody Bellinger not. You know, it you and I both talked about it. Um, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but the pinstripes change people, yeah. And it, it shows a lot if a player can, you know, play through the pinstripes after being a big free agent. <laughs> Carlos on. <Rodon. laughs>
0: and a lot of other people,
1: but anyway, <laughs> uh, we don't need to talk about the other ones. but it's, <laughs> I, uh, I'm more excited for Yamamoto though, that that's been my favorite rumor, uh, so far. Um, and maybe it's just because of me keeping up with Bowers vlogs, you know, kind of keeping up yeah. of the, um, the Japan league over there. But, uh, yeah, I like Yamamoto a lot. I just hope he doesn't end up like Tanaka, which Tanaka wasn't that bad, but, no. um,
0: he's not showing
1: we, we need a, we need a star. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, to, to answer your question, I do think that this season, the Yankees are going to bring in somebody big.
0: Okay. Yeah. Me and Colin yeah. uh, did our free agent predictions on um, on Monday's episode, and we both said that Yamamoto's going to the Mets.
1: Unfortunately, oh man, I think that's the best. The other thing New for York him. team, yeah, yeah. But I hope not.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. We'll ha- we'll just figure it out when it comes by, and we'll keep everybody here listening updated. This is that point in the episode where I look deep into the camera and I tell you to uh, like and follow and subscribe and rate and all that good stuff. But the big thing is to share. Sharing is caring. So make sure you guys are sharing with everyone. Family, uh, not family. Uh, You pull up to the corner. This guy walks up. Hey, can I get some money? No. Here's a podcast for you to listen to, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm actually the guy that I keep. I hate having cash on me, so I keep it in my car. And every time I pull up to a corner and some guys like asking for cash, I just like hand it out to them because I hate having cash on me. Um, that's not. I'm not trying to brag. That's genuinely just what I do. <laughs> I'm not trying to be like I. I am. I'm fucking awesome. I give so many guys cash on the side of the road. No. <laughs> it's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say that the the once every, almost never that that occurs. <laughs> I'm I, I'm digging deep. Uh, whenever it does occur, I hand them cash. Whatever. Um, you should follow us because of that, and then share it with the next homeless person you see. Um, you should. I'm I've dug a hole so deep now, Luke. Anything else for the people?
1: <laughs> um. Mm. Uh, You know, let me hang on. I'm going to browse real fast. I know that this is going to be a long intro, but I just wanted to.
0: Well, it's an outro, so you're lucky.
1: Outro, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I confused there. Hey, they're close. Intro, outro.
0: Yeah, except they're on Uh, opposite ends of this two-hour episode. Let's
1: see. Oh, this was something that I actually wanted to bring up on the podcast but I totally forgot. I all don't right. know how we're going to turn this you got into an outro. seconds. <laughs> Ronaldo Ronaldo is top 3 in goals among like all leagues this year. He has more goals than Kylian Mbappe.
0: Congrats. He plays in the Farmers League.
1: Dude, I, I sh- Did you watch that video I sent you?
0: No. Maybe. Of course I not. I don't, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, Ronaldo vi- you
1: sent me a lot of videos. <laughs> Ronaldo is not scoring farmer goals, let's just say that. No,
0: okay, yeah, no, I did watch that one. He's not.
1: He's Yeah, he's been playing ridiculous over there. Maybe Chelsea can sign him instead of Mbappe.
0: I'd rather have Mbappe. All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the football. Peace.